Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hey, everyone. We're Carol and David, and we're so excited to welcome you to our podcast. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking and learning about everything related to sex and sexuality, sexual health, and of course, sexual pleasure. Yeah, we love diving deep into the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because, well, great sex matters. And we all deserve it. We sure do. So, are you seeking to elevate your sexuality and sexual freedom? Are you looking for guidance or counseling on sexual exploration, sexual enhancement, or sexual discovery? Or perhaps you're simply looking for a sexual tune-up. On today's show, we're going to be talking about expanding sexual play and getting a better understanding of the various alternative lifestyles like swinging and polyamory and what drives couples into consensual non-monogamy. Absolutely. What do we know about consensual non-monogamy? I think we've done it a few times. Lots. 13 years of swinging. But first, before we get into the show, we're going to take a minute to talk about our top waterproof blanket because great sex is messy sex, but nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot. So if you're fed up with having to change your sheets every time you have sex and you need one of our top waterproof blankets it's 100% waterproof and leak proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets from messy massage oils or silicone lubes to all sorts of sexy wetness just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new and you don't have to leave your house to get one simply and safely go to amazon and order yours today search top waterproof blanket that's t-o-p waterproof blanket Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are so excited to welcome today's special guests. Sex coaches Stephanie and Fox are the hosts of the Kinky Coach podcast and the founders of the website kinkycoach.com yeah we love talking to people who not only are educators but are also into the lifestyle so stephanie and fox thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day and for being with here us here today so um i'm stephanie and i am currently i guess just a little bit about me y'all want to know about me i don't know Um, i'm currently in the doctoral program to become a doctorate of clinical sexology and um, my passion is helping others in the alternative life, alternative relationship lifestyles, whatever that means to them, and help them navigate it safely and have the most fun that they can have. And we use our story and our experiences to help others, you know, achieve great, sexy fun. Awesome. Very Ooh, cool. Like it's, it's so cool having people who are... Um, not only educators, but are out in the lifestyle who can talk about the lifestyle and alternative lifestyles firsthand because um, there's just not that many people out there who just get it. That's true. No, absolutely. Um, So I'm Fox. I'm a certified relationship and sex coach through the California Institute of Integral Studies. I'm also a, a sexual assault and violence intervention specialist through the military, and um, I have a prior law enforcement background and a certification as a crisis intervention specialist. Uh, I've been in lifestyle for 20 plus years since I was about 18. Uh, I literally didn't have a choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I've always been in very open relationships, uh, polyamorous relationships, and consensual non-monogamous relationships. And uh, I, like Stephanie, love to help guide individuals in their journey. Um, And honestly, you know, through our clients, we learn about ourselves as well Mm -hmm. and strengthen our relationship Mm -hmm. also. Very cool. Well, we're going to get into a whole bunch of cool and fun and sexy stuff, and especially your actual sex lives and swinging a little bit later on, especially in Great Sex Matters at the end of the show. But Stephanie, does he ever take out the handcuffs and like cuff you together and just do you? Actually, yes. It's more of the spreader bar and handcuffs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the nice. Foot cuffs, the spreader foot cuffs. And you then, like the foot cuffs better than the spreader bar. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> connected me to the, the bed. And Stephanie, do you ever up. do you ever turn it around and cuff him? 
No, no, he's not. He's very dominant. So, and he does not like to be tied up. He'd get along great with Carol. Yeah, he doesn't absolutely. like being tied yeah. up. I do. Yeah, I, I may have a wee bit of, of a control thing. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna get it. We're gonna get into that a little bit later. But let's let's just talk about you know uh, something that's very prevalent out there now is which is COVID nineteen. How has this pandemic changed your world and and your sex life um, over to the last year? Well, we actually are just recovering from COVID. Um, we were lucky enough to get that for our holiday season. Mm-hmm. Santa wow. brought it to us. Actually, I blame Fox, but that's okay. Um, and uh, overall for us, it was just, it was a, a terrible experience, but not to the point as many people have been experiencing it. So I have to say that we got out pretty lucky mm-hmm. considering the alternative. But overall, managing some our clients' sex lives, man, they have been more kinky than ever and be, they wow. have been open to all kinds of fun stuff and uh, trying new new things, new people. And so I think it's really expanded or provided an opportunity to expand sexual gratification, sexual play. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's have you found cool. that, that your sex life has changed a little bit in this last year? I know Carol's and mine has. Ours has definitely. Yeah, so ours has. Um, I guess in both directions, we've experimented more with, you know, our journey into the lifestyle or or actually more Stephanie's journey Mm -hmm. um, into the lifestyle. But we've actually had less sex with each other, more or less because we're dealing more and more with clients. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, because of COVID and and everyone being locked indoors and, you know, it's taken a hard hit on some people's mental health, unfortunately. I can just imagine, yeah. So work has been getting in the way of your play. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Oh. It has a little bit, yeah. <laughs> we uh, we get home what, around 8.39 sometimes, um, in the office around 8 or 9. I get here at 9, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I work usually from 9 to 9. So sometimes by the time we get home, we're, we're both just, we want to eat, cuddle on the couch, watch TV for about an hour Got and just it. go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we, miss, we miss swinging. We haven't played with very many people in the, in the last year since lockdown basically since lockdown. Yeah. and but we we've had different sex we've um definitely explored different sex toys which we have a fortune here in the house we've done some role playing uh we've definitely communicated a lot of our wants and needs and i think the year as a whole uh, maybe we haven't had as much sex because we normally travel a week a month and we're at resorts and parties and doing all that. But we've definitely had more quality sex. Well, it's certainly more intimate sex between the two of us. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, when we do have sex, uh, it's a lot kinkier and more explorative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would yeah, say that. Absolutely. Because so I, mean, I think we're trying to make up for all the time we're losing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what made you guys turn the corner and want to become sex educators like, and get into the field of education and coaching, of um, course, too? So that's a great question. You know, Stephanie, um, as you know, is a, a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas and also a uh, national coach. And I, I did some things for Playboy TV way back in the day, and they actually sent me to this relationship sex coach course specifically for that. So uh, when she came to me with the idea of the kinky coach and really it was her idea, it really had nothing to do with me. I wasn't meant to get on board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I said, Hey, well I can, I'll help build the website. I'll do some, you know, marketing for you and some other stuff I know how to do. Uh, and really just kind of took off. We got a lot more response than we thought we would get. And we both found ourselves being equally excited, uh, both sexually and, you know, through work. Intellectually. Yeah, yeah. intellectually as well. Um, and you, so, yeah, it just kind of took off. And then one day it was kind of, hey, this is also your baby as well as mine. Let's just join forces and, and co-own this together. Um, you know, I, I've been educated a lot more especially through Stephanie, which has been phenomenal. Um, you know, so 
I think for me, I'm just going to yeah. butt in. I, me being a licensed counselor, sex is something I've always been drawn to. I've always, and any, when I'm working with all kinds of clients, I always gravitate towards how's your sex life? Because I feel like sex is such an important part of all of our um, mental health overall. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. so being able to hone in on that and really focus on alternative relationships, alternative lifestyles, and helping people find their true sexual potential really, it was just, it felt like I was at home in my, in my practice. And so about six months ago, I, I came up with this crazy idea of, Hey, let's go get my, my doctorate degree. And so we started a program and I'm going to finish it in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be a, a doctorate of clinical sexology, which we focus on all things sex. And then you yeah, become we'll a, never that pay makes, it off, Does that make yeah. you be, does that make you become a sexologist? I will become a sexologist. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yay. Yeah. And I'll is that an MD? Sure. Is that a PhD or MD? How does it go? It's a PhD. Wow, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. So I study sex all the time, <laughs> every day, all day, pretty much. This is my thing. And have you seen Some that TV, have you seen that TV show, The Masters of Sex? I have not. Oh, <laughs> so that's good. A it's client good. told me that today. They're like, have you watched that? Uh -huh, like, that's no, funny. I haven't. Yeah, Two shows you need but, to watch is Masters of Sex and Sex Education on Netflix. And Sex Education is tremendous because it's, it's a comedy also. It's a comedy, but it deals with what kids are dealing with and the parent. And it's just a fantastic show. Season three is coming out soon. Yeah. And I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about it, okay. but it's, it's yeah, just fantastic it's really for people who are in the world of sexuality to watch it. And then the people who don't know what they don't know to watch it as well, because there's so many cool messages that are that are brought out in it. I like how you said the sex education in America or just in the world in general for, for kids is terrible. Yeah. I was a high school teacher, K through 12, actually, for about 12 years. And some of the stories those students would come and tell me about what they thought about sex mm -hmm. was just, mm -hmm. it was crazy yeah. and funny. Yeah, it's got some really good uh, yeah. material so, because of them. Yeah. So is there a difference between a sex and relationship expert and a sex coach? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, so there, there very much is so. So to be honest, we're not big fans of the term sex and relationship experts because experts kind of a universal term. It usually takes about 3,000 hours of practitioner service to be labeled as an expert, uh, and that usually follows some type of degree above a bachelor's degree um, and some type of special study. So the big, big difference, I guess you could break it down into three different categories. You have, I guess, sex experts. Majority of them are sexologists. PhDs, MDs, EEDs, um, you know, in some sort of way in, you know, with sex and relationships in general. Then you have uh, counselors, LPCs, um, and there's a slew of different initials behind LPCs that specialize in sex or alternative relationships, and they are licensed through their prospective state. And then you have coaches such as myself um, that are certified with you know, 90 plus hours um, through a specific either college or educational board, uh, and then you have to take CEUs. Um, the very last one, um, and I, I'm not trying to knock any program out there, but you do have regular sex coaches that aren't actually certified. They claim to be certified, but they go through like a, a, a one-day course, you know, three or four, possibly eight hours, um, through a non-educational system and claim to be a sex coach, yeah. uh, you know, and, and unfortunately with that kind of program, they don't, there's no follow-up. There's no continuing education. Yeah, there's no continuing education. There's no managing board. So mm. we're very careful when we use the word sex coach and how we direct mm -hmm. people when it comes to a sex coach, because a true certified sex coach has a governing body mm. and a board that governs them. Gotcha. And I guess based on that person or type of person with those credentials, um, you get what you get in terms of the information that you're looking for and the expertise that you want given back to you. Uh, yes, definitely. I know for the experts in certain content areas, that's really what they study. They study 
whatever their content area is exclusively. They write about it, they research it, and um, they are the ones who have the top authority on all things. And in this case would be sex. Yeah, within that field. Yeah, within their field of study. Uh, Just to give you some clarifying content, you know, me as a sex coach, I deal with universal problems. Uh, and there's a ceiling that I hit with with my education and my knowledge. And once we hit that ceiling with either, you know, with our client or the couple that we're dealing with, I have to pass them off to someone with higher education, such as Stephanie or others that we have within our book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's that's kind of that that, that divide. Got it. Mm-hmm. So now you guys are learning. You guys are teaching. You're helping. You have like no time in your lives, but you also do a podcast. When do you have time for your podcast and what is it all about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we we own a mental health practice, but then um, the the podcast is done at night, usually 8, 9, 10 p.m. at night Mm -hmm. uh, after work. Um, Luckily, we only do it once a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But we we touch on subjects that, are educational, entertaining, but also things that not many people want to talk about. Right. We talk about subjects that are tough to digest at times. Yeah. So, you know, we do things, we talk to a lot of PhD and PhD candidates um, and other LPCs. Um, you know, we really like our target audience to either be, you know, influencers of education or professionally licensed or individuals that have been in that realm for a quite a long time, such as yourselves. Um, and what kind of topics, provide- what kind of topics are we talking about? So everything from, you know, sex surrogacy to what happens if you use THC during sex mm-hmm. to how does BDSM help with chronic pain? Um, you know, all the way to, Hey, can a sexual assault survivor, like BDSM and rape play. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely they can. And and why is that okay? Because society as a norm would say, hey, red flag, red flag, caution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the way to, is it okay to have sex with someone with a disability? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. We have yeah. uh, one of the doctors coming on. I can't wait to interview him. He is the leading expert on sex addiction mm-hmm. and debunks it and how it's not true and how sex addiction is not a real thing. And I can't wait to talk to him. But, you know, society doesn't want to really talk about that because mm-hmm. of the Tiger Wood things or, you know, mm-hmm. the celebrities who, oh, I've got sex addiction. Well, he's coming out saying that's not a real thing. And so it's going to be a good one with him. Yeah. You know, I always wondered about that. So I'm, I'm going to be listening to that one. For me, it always seemed a bit strange. But, yeah, I'm going to I'd love to hear mm-hmm. the background. We love that. learning. Yeah, exactly. So let's just hang on for a second. We need to do a little quick shout out to one of our sponsors, our show sponsors, and we'll be right back after this. Just reminding you that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We're Carol and David, and we're talking with sex educator and sex coach Stephanie and Fox from the Kinky Coach podcast and website. Stay right there. We won't be long. So, you know, people have been asking us, what's changed after four years of doing the podcast? Well, a lot has. But to be honest, the orgasm gap still remains a challenge for many couples. You know what I'm talking about. Men tend to finish before their female partners. You've heard us talk about Promescent for years. Their urologist-developed FDA-compliant delay spray can help men last up to 64% longer without loss of sensation. And it's great because Promescent is quickly absorbed into the penis and it doesn't transfer to your partner. And speaking of your partner, I think we can all agree that sometimes women, even when alone, still have challenges around reaching orgasm. So now, Promescent has created a female arousal gel. I love it. It's a clitoral stimulant that she can rub into her clitoris for increased pleasure and a lot more satisfaction during pretty much any type of sexual activity that you can think of. Absolutely. So now they've got Promescent Delay Spray for him and Arousal Gel for her. So basically, they're closing the orgasm gap on both sides. And remember to check out their amazing lubes as well. Yeah, trust us. Try these amazing products and you'll thank us later. Seriously, just write to us at askatcarolandavid.com and tell us how it went. So try Promescent today. Just go to the website www.promescent.com. That's P-R-O 
M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Yeah, and now, and especially for a limited time, if you enter Sexy Lifestyle 15, you'll get 15% off every order. And remember, tell your friends too, that's Sexy Lifestyle 15 for 15% off. All right, we're back. This is the Sexy Lifestyle, and uh, we're going to just take a moment to remind you about our new partnership at altplayground.net. That's altplayground.net. If you're looking for a sexy, erotic, and open-minded online community to find compatible people and events in your area, then you should join altplayground.net. It's an amazing lifestyle site that's expanding daily and includes lots of amazing lifestyle resources that will connect you with other open-minded, sexy, and erotic people like us. Go check it out today. That's altplayground.net. Alrighty, enough of those shoutouts. Let's remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and it's time to get back to our show with sex educators and sex coaches, Stephanie and Fox from the Kinky Coach podcast and website, and coach is spelled K-O-A-C-H. So go check it out. So guys, now that we were talking a little bit about all your education and what you like to do and how you got into this field, tell us a little bit about the the aspects that you deal with in the lifestyle with your clients. Absolutely. I think we've uh, we got the top three that really comes into our office and we deal with a lot. Uh, I'm going to start with number three. Sure. Work backwards. How about that? Sure. So the first one is mismatched desire or mismatched libido. And we have a lot of clients who come in and one partner is hypersexual and is very erotic and you know just functioning on a higher level than what their partner is. And that causes a lot of problems in the relationship. So uh, did you wanna, you looked at me so I thought you wanted to add something. No, go oh, ahead, okay. you're doing good. And so, <laughs> When this happens, we talk about the alternatives of, is the lifestyle something that would work for you? Do you need to do the don't ask, don't tell? And we talk about all of the things that could happen if this continues to play out in the relationship. Very interesting. It's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of assumption out there that men are normally more sexual than women and you know, there's a lot of myths out there about what do, what affects someone's sexual desire. You know, is it their past? Is it a past lover? Is it was it a bad situation they were in one time where they assaulted, et cetera, et cetera? And there is no answer. It's it's very universal. Um, you know, each person is different in their own nature, and it becomes a puzzle piece for us to find out the true nature and what's really going on. Uh, and I think that's, we actually very much love this one because mm-hmm. we, not to use them as a test subject, but we get to use them as a test subject yeah. and learn. No, it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's very interesting that you say that because Carol and I have mismatched sex drives. I'm like, I want to go all the time. And, and remember, we're swingers. We've been swingers for 13 years. We have great sex together, but I'm definitely the, she says the horniest person around. And Carol, you know, she's gone through menopause and her libido's a little bit down. And it hasn't affected our relationship. We figured out a way to... Well, we talk about it and we figure out a way to satisfy the other partners. Is that kind of how you figure it out with the clients that come to you is they have to, uh, one has to give in a little and the other has to give up a, a lot more? Is that how you deal with it? Well, that's yes and. Okay. <laughs> the, um, we ask the first question is always, are you having the sex you want to have? Are you, is that, are you, are you happy in your sex life? And after we explore that, and most of the time they're like, yes, no, you know, we talk about what they prefer in their sex life and if that partner can give it to them. Mm -hmm. So meaning if you like age play or if you like BDSM or if you're more kinky than the other partner, is that something that the partner can explore? And we find alternative ways to help them explore that. And do you ever, is that something that, I'm do you ever do you ever get into the discussion with them about you know don't ever say no always have the how about this discussion? Yes, but sometimes what the partner is asking is so far fetched to their significant other that they don't even have it in their imagination mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. or fully see what that partner is asking. Get it. Mm-hmm. So when they come to us we help them find the alternatives and mm-hmm. we help expand their imagination 
because we've pretty much seen it all. I mean, that's what we study. We've heard it all. Man, oh man, have we heard it all. And so we can provide them with a little bit of alternative. Mm-hmm. And what well, happens? And, and, and there's a way to do it because th- there's a way to do this safely and there's a way that can be very damaging yes. as well. And so you have to be very careful with that. And what happens when couples come in and one of them has over time lost a bit of their libido and the other person isn't necessarily getting it? How do you work that through where it's a physiological issue and it's not something about falling out of love or anything like that? It's just uh, sometimes just aging. Sure. Um, So so that happens more more than none uh, or more than not, right? So I would say about... 80% 80% of the time, that is one of the key issues. So the first thing to do is to, to target that and get both of them to acknowledge. Then once they acknowledge it and they understand it, our next step is to get them to you know, seek alternatives to it. Um, b- because you can acknowledge it, but it doesn't mean you accept it. Right. And so you have to accept it first. After you accept it, then we start looking for safe alternatives uh, you know, and, and that is where that's where the very interesting part of this comes into play because you you're playing with two different people's psyches and you're trying to come up with, you know, a common area um, and, and, and an agreement between the two to help resolve the tension or, you know, the uh, the missed sexual desire, the mix match there Um and not everyone's going to be okay with what the other person is okay with. Exactly. And that's where the don't ask, don't tell comes into play. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for people outside looking in to understand Well, they don't tell their partner, they don't talk about it. And sometimes the partner can't physically, emotionally, um, spiritually handle what their, their significant other is wanting and desiring and doing. And so it works better for them if they just don't ask, don't tell. And they set very strong ground rules around that to where it works for them. Mm-hmm. And so, that- so do you mean that they one of the partners may go out and seek what they're missing from another partner or from a BDSM club or whatever it is that they're looking for without, without, telling, the without telling their partner? But it's still consensual because they know that they are doing it, uh, but they don't want to hear about it. Right, Karen, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to jump in there on that. It is still an agreement. It is consensual. You just don't divulge gotcha. the details the yeah. details and behaviors. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Everything is consensual and within their, within their set boundaries. Now, but I, I have to believe that throughout the course of a relationship, you, you're mismatched. I mean, everybody, every couple must at some point be mismatched because you change, your, your goals change, your ideas change, your libido might change over time. That I can't, and plus everybody's unique, like you said, right from the start. I can't believe that it's, uh, I mean, I, I do believe that everybody is at some way, somehow mismatched in some way, and that it is a struggle to find that almost probably all couples have a struggle, but it gets to a certain point where they want to seek help. At what level do you think they actually come to see you at? It depends on the individual couple. Some people mm-hmm. from the very beginning, when they're, when they notice, oh, my husband isn't, we're not, we're not intimate as much as we were all the way to, we haven't touched each other in 20 years. Oh, I'm working mm-hmm. with a client, a couple right now that have, they have not been intimate in over 20 years. Wow. wow. And it's, it's, it ranges and it just depends on where they are in their life and their relationship with their love, with their partners. Yeah. It's, wow. it's a misconception that, you know, we hear a lot of question around, well, I bet you only newbies come to you guys. And, mm. and yes, we do have newbies do come to us for a safe journey into alternative relationships or the lifestyle. But we also have very senior and veteran individuals come to us as well because you know, as much as we would love to think that, hey, because we're in the lifestyle, we have a, a very dominant, healthy, skillful, and communicative relationship. Mm-hmm. Everyone makes mistakes, even in lifestyle. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. you know? Really? We do? <laughs> no, that would never happen. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, what's your number? And, uh, what's number two on your list? That leads us to number two, which is jealousy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets jealous at some point, and... Oh yeah, whatever. I it's it's helpful when we're talking to people to couples or throuples or individuals 
about our own personal experience. It's, mm-hmm. It helps them to know that me, as educated as I am in this subject, I still get very jealous at times. I've been in the bathroom crying multiple times during play because of something. I'm a very emotional person to begin with. But once we talk to them and we normalize that jealousy and we have them do an exercise, and this exercise is we remove their partner from the jealous, the jealousy episode. What about that experience made you jealous? And we break it down and we make them look at themselves. What are you missing that made you jealous? For example, I'm going to, I've used this example before. We had a couple months or about a year ago, a lady, we, we skydive and a lady walked onto our drop zone and she was, she probably in her fifties and built just like a brick house. She was gorgeous. And Fox made a comment about her. And immediately I felt jealousy and I was like, Whoa, where did that come from? And I was like livid, didn't even want to skydive at that point. And all he said was she was pretty or something. And I had to go have a conversation with myself. And it was, what about this situation is making me so jealous? And it turns out what I I discovered was um, my foot was broken and I hadn't been able to work out. And here's this bombshell of a woman with a body that I crave to have. And that's what I was jealous of. I was jealous of what she had achieved, but it had nothing to do with our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I had to have that really hard conversation and I made a deal with myself. Okay. So for the next week, I'm going to try to work out four days, however I can with my broken foot. And that cured my, it didn't cure my jealousy. It calmed my insecurities. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to come back out and skydive. And it took me a a good 10 minutes to work through this, Mm. but I have to be mature enough to do that. And most people aren't mature because what does society tell us? Society tells us we're supposed to be jealous. Society tells us that we got to get mad and not to look at it and just put your foot down. And so providing that outside perspective for couples is really a life. It's a game changer. It's a life changing experience. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That sounds awesome. I can remember only well over the years, um, the jealousy that I felt really was uh, a particular time when David gave a very passionate kiss to uh, someone that he had just played with. As we were leaving and everything was wound down and we'd already kind of said our goodbyes, but and then just as we're leaving, he goes over to give her a kiss, but then it ends up with it to be a huge passionate kiss. And I was kind of left there lurking, standing around while he's like, totally hot and heavy with this beautiful woman, not whether she was beautiful or not, I don't even remember to tell you the truth. But I was jealous that he was giving her this passionate kiss after we'd finished playing. And yeah. I don't know how what kind of conversation I could have had with myself. What would you have said to that? Well, so that's a great question. First, I want to touch base on, on something as I was listening to you. So first, we have to acknowledge, you know, jealousy comes from really an emotional, a sexual, a behavioral, and a physical aspect, right? Mm-hmm. So you really have to break that down. Um, you know, the physical nature of that jealousy was he was giving a physical, passionate kiss to this woman, right. okay? Uh, the behavioral may have been, you know, well, why is he kissing her after play is already done? Why are we doing something extra, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. The sexual part, um, you know, is, again the physical part is a passionate kiss that's taking place. The emotional part, we would really have to, you know, I guess more, more or less talk to you guys, figure out about your relationship, but look into, do you got, do you guys kiss after play? Do you kiss during sex before sex? You know, what is kissing to you? What does it represent? Mm-hmm. To yeah. you? What mm-hmm. does it represent? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so those are, are the, the four major things that we were target and try and, you know. Well, I mean, I, I definitely divulged to David that that made me uneasy. It made me insecure. Mm-hmm. And I did feel jealousy at that point. And I asked him to please, when we're finished playing, don't start all over and in front of everybody, you know, give a passionate kiss again. And, you know, it never came up again. So we kind of learned to, okay. to live with it and say, okay, let's just not we, do that. No, again. no, we, we learned from it. For I me. learned from it. Yeah. I learned from a lot of things that I do wrong, but that's just being a guy. <laughs> but, but I have, I have a question with respect to the opposite of jealousy, which is compersion. Is that normal in a swinging relationship in an open couple that, um, you feel pleasure for the other person doing things with other people? Absolutely. And that's what we strive to get our couples to that point is the compersion and feeling the excitement for your partner and feeling the com- being comfortable with seeing your partner with and playing with others. 
I believe, this is my personal belief, that everybody ebbs and flows. Everybody has the conversion and we have the jealousy and it ebbs and flows and it can come with different people. There are there are plenty of people that I love watching him play with and I just encourage it. And then there's people that I'm uncomfortable watching him play with and I don't want to see it. And so there's it ebbs and flows and I believe that there's no ultimate, oh, everybody, you're going to have 100% conversion with everybody, every person that your partner plays with. But I do feel like that is the ultimate achievement for your relationship yeah. when you're in the lifestyle yeah mm-hmm. that would be a great goal to have yeah so okay i guess we're down to number three then what's the the or the top one it might be the top thing that people number come one to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so number one is miscommunication you know um <clears throat> shocker even <laughs> people in polyamory relationships bdsm kink you know alternative relationship swingers we have miscommunication or we may have great communication for like three or four months, very strong, everything's wonderful, we're very open, and then all of a sudden one of us finds ourselves retreating from that, and we don't know why, and, and we almost don't know how to stop it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Or we're afraid of it all of a sudden, where why would I be afraid to be open and communicate to my partner my needs or, or you know discretions or, or jealousy, but for some reason I am. And I don't know why, you know, um, and that actually happens more often than not. That's usually our number one reason why couples come to us because all of a sudden they're miscommunicating mm-hmm. or they're communicating incorrectly or they're communicating on different plateaus and they don't know why. I think that one of the, the main issues with communication is it happens a lot during play. And so I'm really big on preaching the five levels. I have come up with this five levels of communication. So the first one is you communicate with your partner. Do you want to go to this event or do you want to play with these, these, these people? Do you want to go on this date? What about this couple makes you excited? What about this, this event makes you excited? And you have that conversation before you even decide. The second level is immediately before do a check-in immediately before you go to the party or you go into play with a couple, check in with your partner. Are we still good with this? Is there anything we need to talk about? Do you feel any hesitations, any, anything, any ground rules we need to establish in the moment? Like if there's, is there something that's bothering you? And then during play, making sure that you're make either a visual communication, some sort of verbal communication, even if you have to have a code word with your partner to check in and make sure that you're both okay. If you can immediately afterwards, you know, like your passionate kiss immediately afterwards, you're like, that didn't set right with me. And then again, up the day after, because each level of communication out of those five levels, there's something different you're going to learn about yourself and your partner that you probably would not have achieved otherwise. Yeah, that's good. And, and I suck at that fourth one sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have failed. You suck at the third one. I, I have failed. Hearing. Yeah, a couple times during play. I have completely misread signs. So we no longer use visual signs. We have decided that as in order to retain our our healthy relationship, we are just going to verbally state exactly how we feel. If we need it to stop, uh, then we just say, hey, guys, you know, I've had enough play for right now. I, I need this to pause for whatever reason. You know, there's a, a respectful way to do it but that you're still being straightforward. You know, Fox. And another um, part of the communication element is not just with your partners, but with the other couples involved and Mm -hmm. being able to effectively communicate your needs with them. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to what Fox was saying because um, I can't tell you how many times Carol almost broke my toe, poked (laughs) my ribs, pulled my ears, and I didn't get it. And we've gotten to exactly the same place where you guys are. And just use your words. Yeah. If the time is to go, is to go. It's like, okay, honey, we need to go. And as guys, it only takes uh, one. You don't have to agree. If it's time to go, one of you can decide. Yeah, and us guys, us guys are simple. Yeah. Just say it's time to go, and we'll go. But pulling my ten toes and my ears and poking me, 
I don't know, were you trying to turn me on or something? It, it, it <laughs> yeah. just never worked. I think it's foreplay. And, and, then, right. and then at the beginning, we tried, you know, safe words, but we never remembered the safe words and they didn't fit into a conversation. Uh. So, you know what, we just keep it straight. And fortunately for us, we haven't been in very many situations where we had to excuse ourselves or uh, things weren't going, going right. But that's what we do right now is we just talk to we each other say and it. say, yeah. it's time to go. Yeah, that's so smart. Yeah. I want to add one last thing about miscommunication. Okay. <clears throat> if you are going to partake in alcohol in a substance like THC uh, or, or many other things that people mind altering, mind altering substance of right. any kind, right? Anything that's going to bring intoxication about. It's very important that you have a direct style of communication. If you're going to agree to be intoxicated on any level and make sure it's direct because you know how you cognitively function and process when you are intoxicated is a lot different and sometimes drastically the opposite of what you can process when you're sober mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so honestly i i just so i just recently told a couple what you guys need to do is get drunk together and talk and record <laughs> You yeah. then need to pra- is practice your- how to talk yeah. while you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Practice and record yourselves yes. because that way you can watch the video and go, oh my gosh, <laughs> I thought you were saying this, you were saying this, I thought you were doing this, but you were doing that. And you can learn in this, mm-hmm. this, this manner. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Because let's be honest, a lot of people in the lifestyle or alternative relationships love to get intoxicated to a certain degree. To loosen up a little. <laughs> to loosen sure, up a little bit. Sure. You no, know, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah. What do you, what, have you ever done that, hun? Yeah, I have. <laughs> David doesn't drink or smoke or do anything, but I like my glass of wine or champagne or something. So we're not big drinkers at all, but we do that. Definitely like to loosen up a little bit. So I've got a question. Do you ever have couples come into your your clinic and say like, "I want to get in the lifestyle, but my wife doesn't want to know anything about it," or or my husband doesn't want, doesn't want to know anything about Either it? Either way, do you have like fighting couples there that one oh. wants to open it up and the other one just says? no way what do I, what can i do i i have a couple that i'm working with right now i have lots of couples but one in particular that she is steadfast holding strong saying absolutely not it's it's against all of my beliefs religious beliefs just my whole being and he's like well this is kind of a thing i want to do and uh yeah, that's difficult and mm-hmm. in particular with this couple i had to ask him what is he looking for to get out of the lifestyle. What do you, what's going to benefit your relationship by getting into the lifestyle? And he kept saying, well, you know, the communication of of people in the lifestyle is just almost impeccable. They, they communicate at a level that I've never seen before. They're so close and everything he was telling me, he already had in his relationship Mm. with his wife and it was, he was not seeing that. And so as he was telling me all of this stuff, I had to stop him and I said, do you realize that you already have that? The only thing you're not having is sex with other people. You already have everything that the lifestyle can give you, and I guess not give you, but promote your relationship to that next level is already there for you. And once he realized that and he it clicked for him, he decided that you know keeping his marriage intact was a better choice for him. Mm-hmm. But Fox, what about your experiences with couples who are one that's steadfast no? Yeah, so... <sighs> You know, that's a difficult situation because normally the first thing that I like to target is why. What's the with them? What's mm-hmm. what's in it for you? What's in it? What are you searching for? Um, you know, sometimes it's just misplaced sexuality. And what I mean by that is they, they're missing something. They don't know what it is. And so, therefore, they think it's this blanket universal fix uh, for for their sex life. And... We have to really dig into, hey, the lifestyle is is just other people having the same type of sex that you already are, just sometimes with other people, sometimes this way, sometimes that way, what have you. There's no magical, you know, sex that we have. No, it's still <laughs> um, sex. <laughs> yeah, it's still sex. It, it still functions the same exact way, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and then we need to dig into, you know, is there some type of middle ground, a consensus we can come to? Is there a way to negotiate? At the end of the day, if the answer is no with one of them, uh, 
we, we usually steer them away and mm-hmm. say, right. this yeah. is not for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you continue this path or, or try and seek this further, you are going to potentially damage your relationship and or lose it. Great and advice. Yeah. And we sometimes like- that's what they need. Other times it's not. Yeah. And we like to say that the lifestyle is for anyone, but it's not for everyone. Mm, and that's I think powerful. That, yeah. yeah, it really sums it up. Well, what a great segment this has been. We're just going to take a second to remind everybody that uh, this is Sexy Lifestyle. We're Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with sex coach Stephanie and Fox from the Kinky Coach podcast and website. And coming up is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. But first, a shout out to another one of our show sponsors. Stay right there. We won't be long. We won't how, be long. How cool is it that one of our show sponsors is Hedonism Resorts in Jamaica, where we are right now. It's one of our favorite places to hang out naked on the beach. And it really is the sexiest place on earth where you can be as mild or as wild as you'd like. And as you know, we are here at Hedo. We've escaped winter 2021. We're going to be here till March 26, broadcasting live on location. Most of the time naked because that's what we do when we're here at Hedo. So come on down, join us for a week or even more. And you could even be a guest on one of our podcasts. We love everything about Hedo from the delicious Jamaican food and the amazing award-winning entertainment staff and all the sexy, fun and erotic guests. So join us here as we get naked on the beach. Go to thesexylifestyle.com and click the Hedo link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever yeah come on down here meet us maybe we have a whole bunch of other friends coming down we have dr nancy sutton pierce we have kim and brad and you know it's just a great place to be and the cool part about hedo is you need a negative covid test to get on the property so you know things aren't the safest everywhere but it's as safe as safe can be Absolutely. All right. Back to our show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And really, this is our favorite part of the show because this is where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters and we all deserve it. And as you know, we love getting down and dirty with our guests and asking them about their sexy and intimate and personal lives. So... I think we got a here good candidate go. here. Yeah, they've been very <laughs> clinical and doctorish for the whole show. I think we're going to get a little more naughty right now. So you guys, whoever wants to start first, just tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Were you open-minded people? Did you live in an open-minded household? You want to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> sure. um, the answer to that for me is absolutely not. It was always closed-minded. Uh, yeah, that was never, it was monogamous Christian, heterosexual, monogamous type of thing and true love weights shoved down my throat, mm-hmm. all of that fun stuff. Did you did you like have these thoughts that did you masturbate when you were young? When's the first time you gave someone a blowjob or did that all wait till you like got married? It's a great question for you. Oh yeah, no. Um I I started having sex at a very young age because I was told I couldn't. So mm-hmm. I started at fourteen and um yeah, that was Pretty much, I've had. I see, and this is this is terrible, but I'm going to go ahead and admit it. I had sex in the back of a church bus because we were told we couldn't. <laughs> Hell yeah! And that's just kind of where it was for us. Well, and Matt, you were told masturbation. Oh, masturbation! Was absolutely yes. off, not off okay, limits. off limits, wow. sinful. Wow. I was going to hell. Touched wow. it. And the first, and the first time you had sex, was it just a blowjob, or did you fuck right away? Oh, I fucked right away. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> My love telling the story because I lost my virginity, quote unquote, um, and my older brother was asleep on the floor, on my floor, and I was in the bed with my boyfriend having sex. And so he was very protective, and if he ever found that out, he'd be very angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's not tell him then, okay? We won't tell anybody. What about you? What about you, Fox? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, my initial upbringing, my, my mother, I was raised by by a single mom. Um, she was very open with her sexuality, with her body, uh, with sex in general. However, she raised me also the same, you know, uh, don't have sex before marriage, be in love, you'll get pregnant, be careful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, the first time I had sex, I was 18. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was younger than me. She was 16. We had been together for a while. I had just graduated high school, uh, and we went for a walk with her dog, and she snuck me behind a wall, 
of this neighborhood and basically bedded me down and 2.5 seconds later it was over for <laughs> <laughs> was it good for the i don't know the dog watching <laughs> that's it i'm sure, yeah, I, I'm sure it, it wasn't good I, for either of you two <laughs> I don't remember where the dog was. Uh, all I felt was this warm sensation and it was done. Okay, but it was like you. the best thing. I was like, oh my gosh. And I was hooked. Uh-huh. Steph- um, Stephanie, has he gotten a little <laughs> better at keeping it a little bit longer or is he still at 2.5 oh, seconds? Absolutely. No, it's definitely. <laughs> it gets better over time. For a while. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, then my life kind of changed because this, this young lady was very open Um to the point that uh, I tell you know I tell people I've been in the lifestyle for 20 years because this young lady, within two weeks of us having sex for the first time together and me losing my virginity to her, uh, she was not a virgin. Uh, had me have sex with her friends, would bring her friends around and say, "Hey, they don't they don't have a boyfriend right now, or their boyfriend's being a jerk, and and you're going to have sex with them, and we're all going to have fun." Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. So I don't ever think I had a fair shot at a at a I guess a uh, monogamous relationship, even though I have been in some, and they have been successful. Uh, have they? They have. have to, well, have they though? Successful <laughs> to the point that you know. Who's the counselor now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you profiling me? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So yeah, no, I guess I never had a fair shake at, at just a, an overall monogamous relationship, but. Looking back at it now and with the education and, and, and dealing with other couples, I wouldn't have it any other way. Us too. Uh, I know, us too, yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about your relationships together, how long you've been, where, where you met, and, and what you guys like to do together. <laughs> we met on Bumble. It's a dating app. Okay. And I was... You say Bumble. I say we met on Tinder. But I, ha- I have it. We, we were both trying to get laid off of some dating sites yeah, for a I while. just wanted to hook up, and uh, he fit the bill. We went out, started. We went on our first date, and I, like I said, I was just waiting for a hookup, but he did not want just to hook up. Well, no. Uh, well, I did, <laughs> but I determined that uh, she had some smarts about mm. her, and mm. that kind of intrigued me. And then she had a bit of a wild side, so that intrigued me further. So and she so, was a uh, keeper. A keeper, not a hooker-upper. I yeah. hadn't determined that just yet, uh-huh. but she was definitely leaning towards, yes, uh-huh. a keeper. So, so who, who was the aggressor sexually? Who pulled down whose pants and said, put that inside me or I'm putting that inside you? Well, so I made her wait, I say 30 days. I made her wait a month. So what I did is I told her, hey, before we do anything, let's both get tested for STIs, STDs, and let's talk about our sex lives because – you are embedded in the community out here and I've been on a TV show that could be considered, I guess for all intents and purposes, porn. So uh, you need to know about these things before you decide that I'm the one you want in your life. Um, you know, just for her protection. Sure. She says six weeks. I say three months. No, you say 30 days. <laughs> yeah. The test came in and was it three days later? <laughs> after. About five days later. Five days later. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Once our schedules combined. And I was trying. I need you to know I was giving it my She was best. trying hard. <laughs> I was pulling his pants down, giving him blow job, mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> nothing. So Stephanie Stephanie, was it worth the wait? It was very much worth the wait. He's it's as many can attest, he's very good in bed. And who's the giver in your relationship, you or him? <clears throat> I think we both yeah, are. Yeah, I think it's equal. Wow, that's I, nice. I'm definitely the dominant one in the bedroom, uh, but we're both equally giving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Carol and I Carol and I fight all the time. She wants to suck my cock. I want to eat her pussy. And she's like, no, me first. I'm like, no, me first. And then it's like, okay, we're fucking. No, we're not fucking till I eat your pussy and you come. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, no, 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 no. I want to suck your cock super hard before you fuck me. And... That's that's the fun of the it. fun yeah. of our relationship yeah. where you know nobody loses here. <laughs> no, yeah, I was about to say not. that sounds like a pretty good trade off to me. Yeah, I I, I, you know I don't know if you guys have had sex before, but there's a way to do that 
both at the same time. Oh, yeah. No, you I want like, to explain I like it to, to us? You want to explain it to us? <laughs> I like focusing on one thing or the other, just so you know. No, <laughs> Car- and Carol's a big squirter, so I like when we get into 69 and she squirts all over my face. No, but then, then I'm not focusing on his cock anymore right, because I'm squirting on, on his you know And I mean? she knows that turns me yeah. on. So we, we do a whole bunch of yeah. different things. That's yeah. why we created our, our top waterproof blanket because our mattresses were getting destroyed. So Carol wasn't able to release and let go and she wasn't having the I big... Was more worried about squirts. the mass yeah. than the than the release, so um, that's why we have. Yeah, we, we may actually need to go buy one of those I because I'll tell you what, she, she's a squirter and uh, she stays very very wet mm-hmm. uh, yeah. for a very very long time. And well, usually I like to angle myself to where he has to sleep in the wet spot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get a, you a blanket. With a blanket, you no one has to sleep in the wet spot. That's the best part of it. Exactly. So how do you? How do you guys describe your lifestyle? Like, how would you describe that to the world? If they so, want to so know? one of the things we say in our lifestyle is we always play together. So we no, but uh, we say we're swingers. I, w- I want to understand how you guys describe your lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so I, I think we're both going to answer separately. So I, I'm not big on titles. Um, I know that they're necessary so people understand kind of your your style of play, uh, and it allows you know society to manage that i like to say you know we do what we want in the moment as long as we're both okay with it and and it feels good and it's satisfying okay um that's how i like to express it just like i'm not big on titles when people go was that your wife i'm like sure (laughs) (laughs) stephanie is definitely mine (laughs) i'm not letting her go (laughs) got it whatever title you need to give to her is fine with me um yeah and I'm more of, I'm just say it like it is. We're swingers. Okay. I mean, we live all, we have an alternative mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. and we love it. Yeah. Are you guys um, also kinksters? We are. Yes. We are. We do get into kink just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, not too heavy, uh, but you know, we have some whips, some chains, some Handcuffs. suspension systems, some bondage, you know, st- some bondage stuff. I like spankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just all very light stuff, you know. Okay. That's cool. Oh, okay. That's, that's very heavy. cool. You like I, I bruise very easily, so you can. I'm, I'm talking about. I look like I bruise so easy. If we're at a bar and I'm sitting in a bar stool, the back of my legs when I stand up will have a line bruise there. Oh, okay. boy. So oh boy. Okay. it looks like we are very into into a lot of kink, but it's really me just sitting down. <laughs> or, or I'm lucky I was a cop because I know how to defend myself. If you ever decide to you know, get me in trouble. <laughs> so we heard how you guys got together and you had your first sexual experience, even though you wanted to wait, but you did. But tell us about your first swinging experience together. Oh, God. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, Stephanie, I'm going to tell. Oh, you, uh, my Fox, you're going to tell your version? Okay. I'm going to tell my short version and then she has. And I'm going to tell the truth. That's what she (laughs) said. So she hadn't met a lot of my friends. So, uh, you know, I told her, hey, I'm going to get a a party together with a bunch of my friends and, and, you know, come over the house and and I want you to meet some people in my life. At the same time, we had just gotten, well, I've been on the sites, but we had just combined our profiles um, on a couple of the dating websites. And we had been talking to some people. So I asked her, I said, you know, hey, would you be comfortable if we just invited everyone and, and we kept it a vanilla party? And she said, sure. Uh, well, one by one, my vanilla friends started dropping out. One had a fight with his wife. The other got mm-hmm. called to work. Some other bullshit happened. <clears throat> you say, uh-huh, but this is what really happened. <laughs> I have text messages to prove it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it ended up being these two couples that we had been talking to we hadn't played with either one. We hadn't played as a couple yet. You know, everything was very new to her. Um, and Stephanie is the one that got the show rolling. And we ended up in an orgy in the bedroom with Stephanie crying in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah, because <laughs> the gentlemen that were there could not, they couldn't get hard. And so I thought it was me. I was like, so I'm not sexy enough because you can't oh. even get your shit hard. Oh. Um, but, but the truth was, neither one of them had ever been in an orgy themselves. Wow. And they were scared. They were super scared, and it was very overstimulating where here I am, a veteran, and I ha- am having no problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so both of these gentlemen. Yeah, yes. exactly. And I thought it was me because, you, you know, did. that's what you automatically think. I'm not, I'm not hot enough. You're not attracted to me type thing and ended up crying in the bathroom. But wow. it's okay because I came back out, and we, we, we played some more. 
we played it a little bit. We talked, and uh, one of the couples is, has become lifelong friends of ours, yes. and one of the gentlemen of the other couple is a very close friend of mine, mm. but unfortunately his wife is very jealous, so mm. we just we keep it at yeah. our, our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, right. interesting. All right, so so that's, that's, that's cool. That's your first story, but now tell us your most memorable story. Like, What is one of those experiences that your are, you're going to keep with you forever? Oh, definitely my birthday. Your birthday party. Yep, for sure. <laughs> so we had a bunch of friends come in town for my birthday. We started off at Colette and then ended up at this house we all rented. And it was the, there was six, eight, nine people that ended up coming back with us. Mm-hmm. And it was an epic fuck fest. Yeah, it was. There was ass and tits everywhere uh, everyone fucked everyone that night except for the newbie couple we actually flipped a couple that same damn night uh-huh. <laughs> nice. wow. Wow. Uh, so everyone left them alone and let them do their thing uh but she yeah she gave a few blowjobs that's nice now stephanie yeah. when you're when you're in a big orgy like this do you like being the queen bee at the bottom and everybody doing you or are you in charge and and telling and organizing. everybody organizing yeah Oh, that's, I, I would say. I don't think either. You just go with the, you do what I do and you just go with the flow. Yeah, sometimes I'll, yeah, yeah no, I, I personally, if we're going to get really honest, I like being the queen bee. See? I want it to be all about me. There you go. I, I don't know if that's politically <laughs> correct, but that's, I do. That's my place I like too. It. I love it. I want it to be all about me. And on my birthday, it was. So it, it was definitely all about you. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. For sure. That was there was definitely a line out our bedroom door with Stephanie being pleased by everybody. Yeah, Stephanie. So at that particular point, at that particular point, how long had you been together, and how many times do you think you've been swing, or how how long had you been swingers together as a couple by then? Uh, about two, two and a half yeah, years. Okay. Yeah, yeah. About two and a half years. So point. you're totally mm-hmm. into it. You knew what you're doing. You're comfortable. It was just the right amount of people. It was just the right amount of space, and and you got what you were looking for that night. Yeah, I think and, it was the combination of the people and the people because always about the people. we knew most of them, and so the trust factor and comfort level was also very much there. So right. important, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that really makes it uh, add add that extra spice when you feel comfortable and everything's going well. Yes, I mm-hmm. love that term, extra spice, because mm-hmm. it was spicy. Mm-hmm. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, it's coming to the end of our show. We're going to have to wrap this up, and we usually like to leave our audience with a little bit of advice. So. Uh, for a couple who's interested in opening up their relationship and explore the alternative lifestyle, what do you think would be the, the top thing they should discuss first? Many couples think that the lifestyle is going to fix their relationship, and that's not what this is for. It is to enhance your relationship. It's to enhance what's already good. And so if you're having relationship issues, the lifestyle is not going to make your relationship better. It probably will make it worse. So I suggest that you figure out why you want to be in it, and what benefits that you're going to get from it as a couple. What about you? Yeah, so I agree with Stephanie. You know, another aspect to that is I very much encourage them to be 100% honest and open about all of their fantasies, Mm -hmm. fetishes, even if it scares the shit out of them. Even if you think your partner is going to judge you, leave you, walk out the door, because you would be surprised most often we facilitate that communication between couples or throuples or, or, you know, what have you. And most parties are normally very, uh, what's, what's the term I want to use? Surprised. Well, to hear. just very, very open to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're very surprised. They're very supportive. <laughs> they are very supportive. Um, we have a sex menu that's on our website and we have our, our couples fill that out and we don't allow them to do it together. They have to do it separately and they have to put on their menu exactly, no matter how crazy, how wild they think it is. Mm-hmm. And then we talk about it in session so it's not so overwhelming for the other couple to hear or the other person to hear. Mm-hmm. But I really suggest that they, they put it all out there. Yeah, Don't hold back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and one thing we always say when people get into the lifestyle is you got to be in it together. If something happens, you can't hold it against each other and you never take one for the team. 
Mm. Absolutely. That's very important. Yes. So, I'm, I'm learning to not take one for the <laughs> Stephanie, yeah, <you> <laughs> Stephanie and Fox, thank you so much for being here today, sharing all that amazing information. Take a minute now and tell everyone how they can find you online. Um, sure. Uh, so if you just go to kinkycoach.com, and that's coach with a K, uh, all our social media outlets are on there. Um, you can our, find us on the Twitter, the Facebook, the, Instagram. The book face. The gram. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a bunch of free you know, resources on there, like blogs and blogs and the podcast. Stephanie is also a writer and an advocate and educator for ASN Magazine. Um, and we are also, uh, for DDN, Double Date Nation, uh, writers, we do blogs and writers for them as well. Uh, so we have a bunch of free resources on there. And then, of course, you know, we also have some services, paid for services like retreats, seminars, and counseling uh, for anybody, not just newbies that are coming into lifestyle. Beautiful, beautiful. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where we have a, a guest page for every one of our guests and all their information will be right there. You can even contact them if you have any questions about their work. Absolutely. And as you did today, you know, every week we learn more and more from all our expert guests. We hope you do too. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. And please remember to stay safe and healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, avoid touching your face, practice social distancing, and please wear a mask. Wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. And if you're coming down here to Hito, you know, take care of yourselves, get your negative test, come visit us. It is safe here. We're having a great time. Wow. The end of another great show with some amazing guests. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this was fun. You. It was great. Our pleasure, and we hope to see you actually at Hito uh, this spring. And every week we want to thank our listeners for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I want to send you lots of love and great sex, and please, please, please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 